Welcome to the Dynasty Defined Podcast, a show discussing what is going on with the greatest dynasty in sports, the Oklahoma State Cowboys wrestling program. I'm your host, Lee Cawthorn, and today we are looking at the lineup for the upcoming season. College wrestling is upon us. There are several great duels and tournaments this weekend. Find out what Big 12 duels are out there on the Pin 12 podcast, a show I'm doing with an Iowa State writer named Sam Phillips uh, that covers the Big 12. Um, the posts are not participating in any events this weekend, except for the ranking matches that are taking place that are close to the public. So we may not know what happens in there. I'm going to rely on you know people that I know that will be there to uh, tell me what happens and what goes on and see what I can and can't. Um, fill you in on uh, from there but uh, they're happening this weekend there's some interesting things that will take place that we'll cover in this episode Um, and we'll see if we can project out what might happen Uh, I think there's some interesting battles that are happening in the room right now and definitely some interesting scenarios that could play out so um, we'll we'll get through that here in a a second Uh, while some questions will be answered this weekend on the lineup, there are some things that are just going to play out over the season. Uh, winners of ranking matches won't necessarily be starters for the Lehigh and Bucknell duels next weekend. Uh, starters for the Lehigh and Bucknell duels won't necessarily be starters all year. Uh, this is just the price of having a moderately young, at least in terms of this weird five or six year cycle where there are the co- there's the COVID year in play, um, but they're moderately young, and there's some solid depth at some weights, and there's some log jams in some places where you have guys who came in highly rated that are kind of stuck in limbo here. So um, that's a good it's good problems, right? Um, of course, that does lead to some holes in the lineup, which we'll discuss. There's also just a, look, there are two returning All-Americans for Oklahoma State at 133 and 174 pounds. Dayton Fix at 133 pounds is more than likely going to be an NCAA finalist again for the fourth time in his career. Dustin Plott at 174 pounds uh, could and should jump into the top four. He's ranked number four and has head-to-head over most of the contenders behind him. Um, Quite frankly, he has head-to-head over the returning champion Carter Storacci, but that was a long time ago that they met, so um, I'm not going to continue to harp on that. But Plot definitely, if he stays healthy, um, is a guy that is expecting to wrestle on the big stage on Friday and Saturday night at NCAAs. So uh, in his interview with us, he said he was going to wrestle Carter Storacci for the national title this year. Um, You know, We all say things, (laughs) but Plot's the kind of guy that if he says it, he's going to do it. So I have full uh, faith in his confidence, and uh, I'm excited to see him go do it. But beyond that, we need five guys to really make a big level jump. Um, We have a lot of people who are in that round of 16 conversation. Uh, They're ranked, you know, number 12 to number 25. And John Smith said it himself, they need to develop people. This is a year where they have to prove that they're capable of developing guys into All-Americans. 
they need to take that step from being ranked ranked 10th, 11th, 12th into being ranked 6th, 7th, 8th. And uh, that's on the coaches. I mean, it's on the guys to execute, but it's on the coaches to prepare them to be in the best position possible to execute on that plan and, and take that uh, next step. And, you know, the most pushback I get on this is from fellow Oklahoma State fans. So uh, I'm, I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to, you know, belittle you because you have every reason to think that it's going to be another rough year, right? Um, there are definitely red flags with what's been going on over the past year. Uh, what's been going on over the past six or seven years, right? And I think that uh, um, after this episode and then as we go through the season, hopefully we can start to lower some of those red flags because if, you know, a, a Carter Young or a Trevor Master Giovanni or a uh, Luke Serber, if they make those level jumps where they're able to get into a podium spot, then you feel a little bit more confident about, okay, look, Trevor Master Giovanni was ranked number 21 in his recruiting class, Carter Young number 19, Luke Serber number 30-something. They had the talent. Somebody saw that in them. They came in three years into the program, two years in the case of Carter, which he's been in Stillwater a lot longer, so, um, you know, we'll, we'll call that how it is. But this much time in the program they are developing into all-american caliber wrestlers right if if they can do that when they do that then you'll believe it and I, I understand seeing it before you believe it i understand uh a bit of a lack of confidence look we're in our longest our second longest probably about to be our longest uh title drought right so I can understand that. You know, there's definitely reason to be skeptical, and there's definitely reason to think that, look, these guys aren't good enough. Um, but I'm going to lay out the reasons they are good enough. Because as I've stated numerous times before, I'm here for positive news, information, resources for cowboy wrestling, and I'm not really interested in negative stuff. Um, I'm not really interested in why they won't do it, I'm more interested in why they will do it. And I want to help y'all see the why they will. Uh, because to me, it's just healthier. <laughs> like, I, in things that are monetarily important to you, right, uh, in your job, in, uh, in your finances, in your uh, things that you have more control over, being skeptical is healthy and making sure that you're lining out all of the negative outcomes so that you can avoid those is a good thing for our athletes and our coaches i think it's a good thing to have that kind of healthy skeptical okay i need to work on these things i have weaknesses right and things that are pleasure which ultimately cheering for a bunch of 18 to 23 year olds to 
go out and win a national title for the school that you attended. It is a, a pleasure activity, right? It's something that you have no control over. It's something that you have no uh, input on. It, it Why look at the negative stuff that stresses you out, right? I think it. I think in, in this regard, it's more fun to me to think about the positive and to think about what could go right and how it's going to go right and all of that stuff. If you don't like it, that's that's fine. You can tell me why, right? I'll hear you out. Um, but I, I just don't have time for that. I, it's This isn't what I'm doing it for, right? Uh, if you want to come on the podcast and talk through it and explain why you think we're only going to have two All-Americans uh, or one All-American, there's, you know, some people out there that think that Dayton's going to be our only guy. And that's that's okay. Um, they have their reasons, but I'm not interested in that, <laughs> right? Like I, I'll hear you out, but here's why I don't think that that's how it's going to be. So, um, here's here's what I think the lineup is going to be, and here's what I think these guys can do to be an All-American or a fringe All-American, right? And he, and here's who we need to make that jump into top eight status. We'll start at 125 pounds, Trevor Master Giovanni. Like I said, number 21 recruit in his class, number two at his weight in that 2020 class. He's tall. He's pulling a lot of weight to get to 125, which has led to some injury issues hindering him later in the season. But he's beaten the number three guy at the weight handily. He's beaten two or three wrestlers ranked ahead of him in the preseason this year. I think he's number uh, 14 in the preseason rankings, which to me is uh, doesn't make any sense <laughs> because they have him behind Joey Prada. They have him behind Robbie Howard, who's done nothing at Penn State uh, except for be injured. Um, and again, he has that win over Pat McKee, right? It's tough because 125 pounds is really deep this year. Again, you got Spencer Lee back. You've got Pat McKee. You've got Pat Glory. Uh, you've got uh, Killian Cardinale. You know, you've got a lot of wrestlers that are really, really good. I think Trevor Master Giovanni is really, really good. I think he showed that at the U23 tournament this summer in freestyle. He made it to the uh, final there. He has shown it throughout his career that he's able, if, if healthy, he's able to go beat pretty much anybody at the weight. And I think that's the key for him is to just stay healthy. Do you put him on a pitch count? Maybe. You've got guys behind him that are talented. Um, they're not quite as good as Trevor is. But they're guys that could definitely... Um, fill in when needed and not be a detriment to your team in dual season, right? Cooper Birdwell's still sitting there. Uh, Reese Whitcraft is probably big. I don't know if he'll pull down to 25, but he's there. Uh, and then you get, with the new redshirt rules, you can wrestle uh, Blakenship, who I think is your future at the weight, four times in varsity events this season. So, you know, use that, right? Especially later in the year. Let Mastro get his 
matches in here in the fall semester, but in the spring, use your depth and let those guys get some experience and maybe rest uh, Trevor a bit. Obviously, get him the matches early. Get him wrestling Pat McKee again when Minnesota comes to Stillwater. Get him in the scuffle um, where he'll see some really tough guys with uh, Noah Certain from Missouri going to be there. Uh, Camacho from North Carolina State will be there. You know, so th- there are definitely uh, some guys there that he will take on. But um, I'd like to see them work the depth there as well in the spring semester to get Mastro some rest. And I think that will really uh, launch him into that. Being healthy for Big 12s, being healthy for NCAAs, and I think he can get on the podium for sure. Um, if he can just, you know, manage the health. That's that's really what it comes down to. 133 pounds, Dayton Fix is Dayton Fix, number two in the country. No real challengers for him at the weight. We, Reese Whitcraft is his backup. Um, is my guess there Cooper Burwell probably plays into that as well uh Reese is really solid I really like Reese Whitcraft I'm glad he's a cowboy and I'm glad he's stuck around uh you know credit to him for sure on that um but Dayton Fix is a different level uh Dayton Fix is a different level in ACLAs all right um this year gets a little bit more challenging for him with Vito Arujao coming up to uh, 133 pounds but um Freestyle and folk style are different. I think that uh, Dayton is still the guy there. And if it's, you know, they're number two and number three, that's a semifinals match. And uh, we'll see what happens. And then I think he'll get RBY in the finals. I'll never pick against Dayton Fix. Just period. Um, I think he is every bit the young man and wrestler and everything else that you want representing cowboy wrestling and i think he's gonna finish out his career here with two national titles and then uh lock down that world team spot for the olympics and world championships moving forward that's just how i feel about dayton and i uh, haven't seen a reason to really come off that i know he's lost on the big stage i still have confidence in him to continue to succeed at 141 pounds carter young was a hotshot recruit coming off of a top three finish at World Team Trials to make the senior world team as a high schooler a couple of years ago. Um, He beat two former NCAA champs along the way. Maybe three. Um, He did take his lumps last season wrestling up a weight. He was definitely projected to be a 133-pounder. He beat those national champions who were national champions at 133 pounds. He beat them at 61 kilos, which is about 134 pounds. He definitely was outmatched by his opponents, by his, excuse me, by his more experienced opponents most of last season. So when he would run into a junior or senior, they were just stronger and more skilled than he was at defending his offense. But here's the thing. He was getting to their legs. In that first loss against uh, Jake Berglund, who's going to get a chance to take on here uh, when Minnesota comes to Stillwater, but against Jake Berglund, he got to his leg six, seven times. He just couldn't finish the takedowns. Uh, Same story with pretty much everyone he wrestled. He got to 
Stefan Micic's leg. That guy's an Olympian, right? He got to Ironman's leg. He got to um, Clay Carlson's legs. He got to just you name it, right? He had one bad loss. Ty Smith, the first round of the NCAA, or of the Big 12s there. Um, but for the most part, he wrestled really tough against some of the top guys in the weight class. And that weight class really opens up this year because almost all those guys that beat him graduated out. This summer, he has been spending a lot of time in the weight room. I think we saw the detriment that that could have in the uh, junior world team trials. He made it to the finals. He wrestled a really tough route to get to the finals. And then he beat Vince Cornella in the first match. And then Cornella, and then he like he got up big on him, let him come back, and then the next two he was just gassed. And I think that that was probably a result of doing more weightlifting than cardio. Because he's trying to get stronger, he's trying to get tougher, he's trying to get to where he's not going to just get held down for seven minutes <laughs> is essentially what happened because he'd get to a leg and they would just put his put their hips on him and he would he was pinned he couldn't do anything right and then of course he had the struggles from bottom and he said in his interview with me you know he's been spending a lot of time in the weight room he's been spending a lot of time with Wyatt Sheets double boots in um, which is uh, you know why it's one of the best top wrestlers in college wrestling and that's uh if there's one way to get better at getting out from bottom it's just doing that for until you escape <laughs> so we'll see um if he has improved his strength and, he, and his ability to get out from bottom he will place high uh, i think you can bag that like that's a that's a um He's got the talent. He can get to legs. He's got the speed. He's got the endurance. Just if he can be a bit tougher getting out from bottom, and if he's improved his strength, then I really think that he's going to get it done. At 149 pounds, so this is one of the question mark weights uh, because Caden Gefeller's coming back, and he's your return. He was the starter at 149 pounds last year. Coach Smith did say Caden has a long road before he gets back down weight wise to 149 pounds um and then at that can you continue to beat victor voinovich um i know this was pretty close i think that victor being the number 11 recruit in his class uh number one in his weight he redshirted last season i think he's waited his turn i think it's his time and uh, quite frankly, his results were pretty solid. He did only wrestle one national qualifier, uh, Silverman from Duke, um, who did, I mean, he beat him seven to nothing, right? Um, Vic couldn't do much. He couldn't get out from bottom. He got to a leg. He couldn't finish. It was kind of the, the same story. But here's the thing about, I mean, he finished third place at the Southern Scuffle with that one loss. Um Vic doesn't score big points for the most part. Uh, he prefers to gut out close wins with his positioning and tough rideouts, and he likes to work turns. Uh, very Chris Perry esque, right? Like, that's they have a great relationship because of uh, 
that coaching, right? He, he learned a lot from Chris in high school. He came to Oklahoma State because of Chris. And I think he's going to be the guy uh, at that weight, and I think he should be the guy at that weight for the season. Uh, I love Caden Gefeller, don't get me wrong. Um, but I think looking into the future, if it's close, you go with Voinovich. Uh, you know, it, a lot of it is, yeah, top recruit. Um, you brought him in for a reason, and you asked him to be at this weight, and he's at this weight, and he's done everything you've asked him, right? He's been really good in his retro season. He's in the room a lot. He works hard. Um, and, and I'm not n- nothing against G. He's done those things too. Um, he's worked his butt off to get into the good graces with the coaches, right? But I, I just really think that Vic's the guy. The unfortunate thing about this weight is it's very stacked with a ton of upperclassmen talent across the country. Obviously, you've got a guy going for four national titles in Yanni Diakamahalis. Uh, you've got um, several very talented wrestlers gunning for that spot. And uh, I think if you go look at it, the top nine or ten guys in the weight are seniors, right, or juniors. Um, so uh, I, I, it's hard for me to... to to project Voinovich being an All-American uh, just based on that, but it, it's not outside the realm of possibility because we see this all the time. We see a young guy come in and make an impact at a weight as a redshirt freshman especially. So um, there's it's a big question mark. You know, he, he could... he The people who have been mostly ignoring Victor Voinovich, the national media folks... They could be right. He, he may not amount to much. Um, but I don't think so. I think he's going to be uh, very good. Here's where things get kind of complicated. 157 and 165 pounds. Technically, you've got Wyatt Sheets back at 157 pounds. Wyatt has been consistent. He'll probably finish round of 16, fourth in the Big 12. Um, there is a true freshman coming in that is really, really good. Jordan Williams from Owasso. Uh, or Collinsville, or however you want to define that. He's the number 10 overall recruit in his class, and he's extremely talented. His uh, creativity at creating space and his speed at getting behind people really separate him on the uh, junior level, right? And in high school, that's what always separated him. Um, he has this really crafty duck under that he is able to hit, um, that I, I've posted a video, a couple of videos uh, that Mike Mao did for Flow that uh, highlight that, right? And he, uh, but he's able to kind of confuse his opponents. Um, the The question mark with him is strength, and with that question mark, you don't really want to throw him into the same situation that Carter Young did, where he burned his red shirt and then he's not necessarily in a place physically to compete at that weight class. I don't think he's going to be able to get back down to 149. I think he is the guy at 157, at least for the first couple of years that he is competing. And then he'll move up to 165 is, is kind of how I've read it uh, based on um, what I've heard. But I do think we see Jordan Williams this year. You have four great opportunities to get to see him, well, five really good opportunities to see him in the first semester here 
in November. Uh, I, I don't think you'll see him this weekend against Jordan Humphreys from Lehigh. Humphreys is number six in the weight class. He's a hammer on top, just a really tough wrestler. So I don't think we'll see him there. I don't think we'll see him at Butnell, but I do think we could see him against Wyoming. Uh, Jacob Wright is a really solid wrestler for Wyoming. He's been around a while. See how he stacks up against that guy in the Big 12. He's a top three guy in the Big 12, right? Um, top four. Him and Wyatt have had a lot of interesting bouts. Wyatt usually wins. But uh, that could be interesting. Um, Jacob Butler for OU. Uh, you could see him go against him. Uh, that could be an interesting matchup with Butler coming up from 149 pounds. No. Yeah, yeah. Butler's coming out from 149 pounds. Um, and then you've got the scuffle, where he's going to have a lot of... Which he's going to go to regardless. That's going to be one of his... I think if he's unattached, then it won't count towards his four events. So you're going to get a lot of opportunities to see Jordan Williams. I think we're going to see him because of the way this, these new rules work out. I think the real competition for Wyatt at 157 pounds is Luke Meckler. Uh, Luke is a redshirt freshman from Wisconsin who uh, was a really successful folk-style wrestler on the high school circuit. I don't think he ever really uh, did much in freestyle, but really tough folk-style wrestler. Um, has been complimented really well in the room. People really like him and what he's able to show. And from what I've gathered, he's really close to Wyatt. Uh, so you've got... Seventh year Wyatt Sheets, who you kind of know what you're going to get from him. He's probably around a 16 guy, uh, somebody that could get on the podium. Uh, or Luke Meckler, where you don't really know, right? But because you don't know, it could be great. It could be, we'll see. Uh, but I think they're going to be fighting it out all season for that spot. Wyatt, of course, has had some problems with injury. So again... I think we're going to see Meckler a lot just on that. I think he has a high ceiling. What I've heard out of the room, I think that he's somebody who could definitely go. Um, I, I'm really excited to see it, though. And then at 165 pounds, um, there are a few guys that are fighting for that spot. Uh, Jalen Harper, uh, Chance McLean are two that have been in the room a while. Um, Jalen's been just a, the ultimate team guy. He fills in wherever he's needed. He's always ready to take a spot. And uh, he's somebody that we could see. And then there's uh, Chance McClain, same thing. He's been in the room a while. We haven't really seen him in the starting lineup. Um, this could be his chance to really take a spot. Uh, Seth Duckworth has been high on Chance for a really long time. So uh, I think that would be fun to see him go. But there's a third option that has a lot of talent but has had trouble getting up to this weight is Travis Master Giovanni, the younger brother of Trevor, top 30 recruit in his recruiting class. Um, always he, he, he never really cut weight, <laughs> right? So he would wrestle at 160 pounds, but he would weigh in holding a bucket of chicken at who's number one, right? So um, Travis, from everything I've gathered, really high flying, uh, loves to make throws, loves to loves to pin guys. So uh, I don't know if he's feast or famine on that. I I kind of do expect him to be the guy at one sixty five. 
So uh, I, I I have no idea where his, what where his ceiling is. But I I don't know what his floor is. He may not qualify, <laughs> right? Um, but I do think you know nationally they're not expecting OSU to qualify anybody at under sixty five pounds. I think if Travis is the guy. I think he does qualify. I think he does get into the tournament. And then from there, guys who can throw and pin, you, you never really know. Since he's not really cutting weight to get to, to be at 165 pounds. I mean, he's cutting some weight. But if he can maintain that and stay at 165 pounds, just work around there, then um, it should be easier to stay healthy. From there, pinner's pin. And when you get into that NCAA tournament, uh, if you get a favorable seed, then you may run into guys who are a little bit banged up. And, you know, sky's the limit from that point. 165 pounds, another just crazy deep weight class. Uh, this COVID year thing has really put a lot of people in a position to uh, move weights or to get creative there or to stay for their sixth, seventh year, which we have a couple of those too. I'm not, you know denigrating those people at all um heck you know dayton is going to be 25 i think so or 24 or 25 um so you know just that's fine uh there's nothing wrong with any of that but um there are four national champions in the weight and then where does a guy like travis mastro fit in i i think it's an interesting question i think it'll be fun to watch it play out because 165 pounds is pretty deep in the in the uh conference as well 174 pounds, obviously, Dustin Plot. We've talked about him. Um, I think he's, you know, top four for sure. I think we'll see how he stacks up against uh, Makai Lewis uh, from Virginia Tech at the Southern Scuffle. Virginia Tech is going to be there. I, I think that if they hit, if that's the finals match at the Southern Scuffle, that's must-watch TV on New Year's Day or the 2nd of January. Um Mackay is, you know, 165-pound national champion in Pittsburgh. Uh, He set out a year because he was hurt. I think he took an Olympic redshirt as well with the COVID stuff. Um, So he's, but but he was in the finals last year too at 174 pounds where he lost to Carter Starachi from Penn State. Um, But we'll get a really good chance to see where plot stacks up against Mackay Lewis. Hopefully we get to see that. Hopefully Makai goes to the scuffle and they wrestle. Um, Nebraska's Mikey Labriola is the other guy that's kind of, and he's ranked number three. I I think Plot is as good as him, so I think third place is kind of the the place, right? So um, I I think all four of those guys are definitely competitors. Um, I don't see uh, Mikey O'Malley from Drexel. He Dustin's beaten him three, four times now, so I don't see that reversing. I don't see uh, Hayden Hastings reversing. I don't see, you know, so, like, he's got the results, and I think he's going to be really good. 184 pounds is another place where there's a question mark. There's two guys here that could go. You've got uh, Travis Whitlake coming up from 165 pounds. Sounds like his knee injury wasn't as bad as they thought. I was told it was, or it was made out to be. Um, he rehabbed well. Uh, he said he's 100%. He's lifting on it. Um, and he's been up to 200, or he didn't say exactly, but he 
it sounds like he's been up to around 195, 200 pounds in the summer. So, you know, get ready, cut back down to 184. That's not too bad of a cut. It's a lot better than going to 165 pounds for sure. So the injury, some of the injury issues that came up for him last year were certainly because of the weight cut. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it was substantial for him. He got beat up because of it. But he's the number four finisher at the weight in 2021 at 165 pounds. He can wrestle. He was the number six overall recruit in his class. He's a cadet silver medalist. He's a proven talent, right? Like, Travis Whitlake can wrestle well. Can he maintain 184 pounds? And is he strong enough at that weight? That's the question mark. I think so. He's country strong, you know, Coos Bay, Oregon. He's always posting pictures of going out and moving logs around and elk hunting and all this other stuff, right? So I, I think he's every bit as strong as anybody at 184 pounds. Um, just because we haven't seen it, right? So we'll see. I, I think that he's good enough for sure. And if he's the guy, then I, I think he has every bit as much of a chance to go finish high and on the podium as he did at 165 pounds if he had stayed healthy last year and as he did in 2021 and then obviously his freshman year the tournament got canceled so um and i think he was ranked to make the podium he was seated to make the podium um travis is great <laughs> there's just no getting around it I, he's got a lot of doubters um but he's a great wrestler and i think he can go out and do it for sure. Um, but I have also been told that Kyle Host isn't making it easy. He wants it. He wants to be the starter. He wants 184 to be his weight. Uh, and he's been very competitive since he got in the room. Um, heard reports about him getting to AJ Ferrari's legs. Heard reports about him being stronger than darn near anybody they've seen. So... Uh, Kyle Haas definitely is going to have something to say about that. This ranking match is interesting, and I'm really excited to hear how it goes uh, because um, I one I respect both of these wrestlers a lot. Haas has overcome some things that we don't need to talk about here, but he's definitely not had an easy road to get to where he is, and the amount of effort and work and, and everything that he's put in is really admirable, and I'm excited for him if he's not the guy this year, to maybe be the guy in the future, right? So it's going to be fun, regardless of which guy at 184. I think there's a potential uh, podium finisher there for sure. At 197, uh, you got Luke, Luke Serber coming down from heavyweight. Um, and I think Serber is really going to shock people here. Uh, I thought Serber was going to really shock people last year, and he did. He made the finals in the Big 12 tournament. He beat... Uh, guys who were expected to finish All-American, right? He he beat uh, um, Zach Elam. He beat um, oh, the kid from North Dakota State that was at Fresno State that his brother was at Penn State. I don't remember his name. But he, he beat guys who were really solid. Uh, Heinzelman, for crying out loud. Um, and he was giving up 20 to 40 pounds on all of these guys. Um, like with 149, though, this, this weight class is really deep, especially in the Big 12. Uh, Stephen Buchanan is sounds like he's going to be out for the year. 
Uh, so it got a little bit less deep, but it's still tough. Uh, Rocky Elam still there from Missouri. Um, Younger Bastida at Iowa State is good. So I, I'm curious to see how it works out. But Luke Serber, you know, this, look, this is a Luke Serber fan podcast uh, where we like that kid a lot. And I think that he is going to, to be really good. I think he has a really good chance to... Uh, succeed at this weight that's way more natural for him. And then at heavyweight, you have Connor Doucette. Connor's a good kid. I mean, just absolute top-notch guy. Um, I really like talking to him. I'm a big fan of Connor Doucette as well. Um, I like where he's from. I like that he's an Oklahoma kid. I like that he's got that, you know, just air about him that's just, uh, I'm going to outwork you and He's done a good job of getting stronger, getting bigger. I think he's, last time I talked to him, he was around 255, 260. So he's got the size, he's got the strength. Can he keep that weight up? I think that he can. I mean, he's tall. You look at pictures of him now, he's cut. <laughs> like, he's he's a big 260 pounds. I think getting the opportunity <clears throat> in having as many doubters as he has I think he's going to wrestle with a chip on his shoulder and prove some people wrong. And I hope he does. I hope he's pissed off that people doubt him. I hope he's pissed off that they've been trying to find a transfer to take that spot from him. You're getting an opportunity. Go out there. Prove it. Spot's yours. You got good tests coming up. You got good opportunities to prove it early. Same with Luke Serber. I didn't mention that. Early in the season, we're going to see what Luke Serber is. He's got a really tough early slate, which we'll talk about next week. But Connor Doucette, I'm, I'm pumped for him to get an opportunity, and I really want him to take it. Um, in freestyle, he just his results aren't there. Um, but I know he's been working for it, and I know he's going to... I actually don't know that. I hope that he wrestles with that chip right um typically some of these guys wrestle better when they have that uh some of the best competitors in the world have that kobe bryant <laughs> you know don't be a jerk don't turn into a jerk to connor please uh but michael jordan kobe bryant right <laughs> like uh um i you see a little bit of it with spencer sanders on the football team right uh they got a lot of people who doubt them and they prove them wrong over and over and over and over. Connor's got that opportunity to be that guy, right? He was ranked as high as like number twenty something in high school. Um, he fell back quite a bit when the senior rankings came out. Um, his his freestyle results haven't been great, but guess what? College wrestling isn't freestyle. So go out there, just win, just get it done. And I, I think. He has. I think he's going to have the right attitude for sure, and I'm really excited to see it. So, just to recap, there lineup projection. You've got um, Trevor Master Giovanni at 125 pounds, Dayton Fix at 133, Carter Young 141, Victor Voinovich 149, Wyatt Sheets or Luke Meckler at 157. Travis Master Giovanni at 165. Dustin Plot at 174. 
I'm going Travis Whitlake, at least to start at 184. I think he's going to be the guy. I I think that you could definitely put an or Kyle Haas there, and it would be justified. But I'm going to go with uh, Whitlake, Luke Serber, 197, Connor Doucette at heavyweight. I think that's going to be your lineup. I think you've got 10 qualifiers there. I I think you can definitely see a path for six All-Americans, which we'll cover in later episodes. Tons of question marks. Can this coaching staff develop talent? Can they get the most out of their guys? Can they overcome possibly the most adversity that this program has faced since the probation year? The entire wrestling media group think this team is probably going to end up around number 12 in Tulsa with two All-Americans. Since I've been seriously following the sport, I've never seen an Oklahoma State team this slept on. Never. And there's absolutely reason for OSU to be slept on. I get it. I understand why the national guys are picking that. But the talent's there. The coaches are some of the best in the business. Uh, I mean, you can't tell me that John Smith, Zach Esposito, Chris Perry, Tyler Caldwell, Gary Wayne Harding, those guys, uh, Chandler Rogers is in the room. You can't tell me those guys aren't some of the best. And it's Oklahoma State wrestling, for crying out loud. You don't think these guys are going to have some pride? They're getting slept on. Nobody expects them to do anything. Nobody expects the number 11 recruit in the country to go out and All-American. Or the number 6 recruit in the country in his, what, 2019, 20, 21, 22, 23, his fifth year in the program. They don't expect the number 6 guy to All-American when he's at a more natural weight class. Come on. They're only they're doing this because they don't know. They don't know A. B, they haven't looked into it. And C, they're playing to bigger audiences right now. Plain and simple. They're playing to Iowa, they're playing to Penn State. And Michigan. This is Oklahoma State wrestling. They're gonna do better. In the in the national championships is in Tulsa. They want to do better. If we do finish 12th with 14th the season before and 13th in 2018, that's unacceptable. And I think the the first person that would tell you that is John Smith. So um, that's what I think it's going to be. I'm excited to see what happens. We'll get to a couple questions here. I've got uh, one from... Longtime listener Matt Wilson, who would love uh, my love thoughts and insights on 184. He loves Whitlake, but he compete with a big guy like Kyle Haas to take the spot. Um, would also appreciate any updates on Sheets and Mastro's injuries, and what you think their ceilings are this year if healthy. Uh, yeah, so Matt, I mean, just covered it. I I like Whitlake to take the spot just based on. Uh, you know, his past results, I, you know, it could be Haas for sure. I definitely could see that. 
if Haas is bigger and stronger. Um, I just don't feel right sleeping on Travis Whitlake. Uh, I think he's really, really good. <laughs> so I, I think he's going to be the guy. But I definitely think we're going to see some Kyle Haas too. And then on Sheets and Mastro's injuries, uh, they're, everyone's uh, healthy from the sound of things. So um, if, they're, if they can stay healthy, just like what I've been saying since the season ended, if, if everyone can stay healthy, then um, Mastro definitely is a top five guy, in my opinion, if he's healthy. Uh, I, I don't think that that's unrealistic at all. Uh, Sheets is fringe podium. Uh, I think he's round of 12 if he can stay healthy. Um, but we'll see. So thanks for the question, Matt, and thanks for listening. Really, really appreciate you. Uh, oh, uh, one more thing. AJ Hegg. It's, uh, I got the pronunciation, so Hegg, uh, like an egg with an H. So that's fun. Bill Minot asked, or well, he said, assuming this is Dayton's final year wrestling folk style, is this going to be Mastro's last year at 125? I know he's a pretty big 125, and not having to cut as much weight to make 133 may be really beneficial for him. Uh, Bill, I there, I, I don't think there's any way this is Dayton's last year. Um, I think he's definitely going to come back for his uh, final year of eligibility next year, um, especially if he wins the title. Especially if he doesn't. I think he's coming back. I don't think there's any question of that. But I do think that a good roster management move here would be to redshirt Mastro next year and then um, have Blakenship wrestle at 125. And then go Blakenship, Dayton, you know, and then the next year you can have Mastro take that 133 spot. Um, I think that's certainly uh, possible and realistic. Um, there's going to be some competition there with Kale Hughes. Uh, and, of course, the other, Barrett Jordan and some of the other young guys. But I think that's uh, um, a good roster management move. Uh, but we'll see, right? That's a two-way street. Uh, you know, Trevor plays a big part in that. Uh, if he wants to s- keep wrestling and stay at 125 pounds, then um, they're going to give him the chance to do that. So... Uh, and I, I mean, I think he'd win the spot. Uh, Blakenship's going to be good, but uh, I think Mastro is going to have the upper hand on that from a leverage perspective. Um, we'll see. I think that's a really interesting question. Um, primarily, the part about assuming that this is um, Dayton's last season. I just don't think that is. Uh, I don't. I don't think that makes sense. Nathan McKenzie asked, who on the team do you expect to have improved the most from last season? Uh, Really, Carter Young is number one. But I think the whole team's going to have improved. I mean, they didn't finish well last year. And uh, I think that they're focused on making sure that they climb the podium and get a team trophy in Tulsa. Um, But I think Carter Young is the guy who uh, has improved the most. I I know he shows up and works. Um, I think he probably has some room to get a bit tougher. Um, and this is, look, I, I like, I, I'm a big, I, I love Carter Young. I interviewed him. I think he's a really uh, sharp kid. And um, I think he really is going to do well this year. Um, but I mean, that's probably what he's been working on. And, and John Smith said this, right? He If he can get a little bit more pride, a little bit tougher, a little bit more emotional, I kind of think, I, I kind of think being even keeled is good. 
but uh, um, I think having that, you know, look, he's getting slept on, <laughs> right? Uh, a lot of people don't expect him to make a jump, and I the the weight's really open to take for him. So um, I think he can do that, and I'm I think he's going to be the best one uh, to the most improved from you know to and barbecue to. Uh, I think he has a top four ceiling for sure. Um, so I think he's going to go take it, and I'm really excited to see it happen. So thanks so much for the questions, everybody. Really appreciate all of y'all. Um, as always, you know, please send in your questions. Submit them on Twitter, at Lee Cawthorn. Email lcawthorn20 at gmail. Um, find me on LinkedIn. Find me wherever. Uh, I'm always happy to chat about whatever cowboy wrestling uh, it's my favorite thing to do. So, um, looking forward to seeing what happens this weekend. Tune in to other wrestling this weekend. Iowa State's taking on Wisconsin. That's going to be a great duel. Um, it's going to be a great season, y'all. So, saddle up. We're going to see how these Cowboys perform. So, go Pokes as always, and we'll talk to y'all next week. <laughs>